0: Don't stuff grapes in your cheeks. Hello, my name is Brandi Hofer. Uh, welcome to Color Me Happy. Thank you so much for being here. I sure do appreciate your time. Oh, So excited. Uh, finally, we are introducing our mystery guest. The lead up has been suspenseful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just I'm kidding, obviously. Um, slash making sure kids don't choke on grapes. Um... It's Friday, and everyone stayed home from school today, so cool. It was really fun um, and chaotic, but good, good. I'm really excited because um, <laughs> my husband heard me, and now he's cutting up the grapes. Okay, so I'm really excited, not only for this guest, because uh, she is amazing, and I look up to her... In so many ways, um, in terms of the way she's built herself and her career, um, and she's been herself the whole entire time, um, unapologetic about uh, mistakes and being human and living life in in this way, because that's what we all are. We are human, and we need to connect, and and unapologetically, like uh, how we need we need to love all the parts of ourselves, and if you listen to, I'm going to tell you who it is. Well, you know who it is. I always do this. I'm like, the guest, but I'm in the episode, and you have to click on, so you already know it's Jan Arden, um, who really no, needs no inter- huge introduction. Uh, she's a Canadian songs, songstress, author, um, and and so much more. Had her own show, podcast, uh, everything. Just, just like... It's endless content to soak in, um, and I really love her last book. Uh, I listened to it while I was like DIY muraling my bathroom, which I haven't finished, uh, and I was just loving it, and it's just really about embracing your life's journey, and I, I think you should check it out. So, or check out this wonderful episode. Uh, there's so much beauty to pull away from it. I'm really excited because something else we've been working on for a really long time actually I recorded it last year and then it was so big and so long and so full of content that I left it (laughs) unedited Um, and and now we just we slayed that beast of the mural course uh, because I just kept, I'm like, I'm singularly coaching people through how murals work, how you get started, and and the materials you need to use to weatherproof it and working with businesses and contracts and all that fun stuff. And I'm like, I need to finish the course that I already made. so I can stop individually telling people all of these things not that I don't love chatting with friends I do I love that you're here I love chatting on the podcast and connecting on social media and connecting in our color me happy community Uh, but it just makes more sense to have it like in a cute little uh, bundle you can also get the we made like a free tips mural bundle in there too which has um all the information like financially how much it scaled our practice in the first year alone it was uh increased our net profits by 394 percent, and then steadily over the course of time our revenue each year uh since we added them so there's there's obviously that benefit but also like working in your community getting to know your community and Um, Working with nonprofits and there's just so many beautiful things about expanding your practice as an artist and creative through mural making and um, we want that for as many creatives as possible because I honestly think that when we share our creative gifts on this like massive scale like murals are that it will make the world a better place. It has the potential to do that. And I'm seeing it in my own community, especially with the big one we're doing this summer, which I just realized it's not just 2,600 square feet, it's more like around (laughs) 3,000. So that's just bit off all my nails um, thinking about that uh, and having meetings, uh, constant meetings about uh, uh, what it means in Truth and Reconciliation and what it represents and uh, like seriously, I I it's I have murals to think. It's it's more than just being a creative, it's being a, a person and practicing empathy and love and compassion and sharing your gifts with the world. Okay, I will let you listen to this wonderful woman who has done just that. She has shared herself, her humanness and her creative gifts with the world and, and it is my absolute great honor that she came on the podcast and and has become my friend and even though I'm fucking nervous in this episode and you can tell (laughs) like so nervous I was just like okay Jan bye (laughs) um but she was so awesome and I followed up with a like yeah so (laughs) I got nervous No, but she called me a crone, which was the highest compliment of all, and you will know that if you read her uh, latest book and tune into this episode, and we hope you enjoy it. You can only be yourself, and that's that's it. Exactly. So I want to give a little bit of background um, on how actually Jan and I first uh, touched base and and it was i think in 2000 and oh gosh 14 maybe something like that 2014 and uh i had you were coming to perform at our local theater where i worked at the time and i was drawing your face for our poster because i was hired for like marketing and and stuff like that which is hilarious and then I somehow because I'm an artist worked in the fact that I'm like what if I drew everyone's what if I drew everyone's face for the post how can I work in my artistic abilities to make this job more but it was a great job but more tolerable with yeah, time
1: and more more in your wheelhouse
0: yeah and they appreciated it they were really supportive and when it came to your face Uh, it was like, I got this like big sheet and I was just had like the most fun with it. And I'm like, what if I just tweeted Jan and I, I, it was actually at the time in my life where my mom was in palliative care at the hospital. And it's just one of those after that moment and, and that time, your life just kind of shifts and you're like, fuck it. Uh, so I tweeted you. <laughs> I was like, maybe Jan will see it. I wasn't a, the only reason was that I was on Twitter was to tweet you anyway. And you're like, in order to like message me, you have to like follow me on Twitter. I'm like, cool, cool. Yeah, great. <laughs> and anyway, I I was willing to give it all up for you and you insisted on supporting me and paying me for the piece, And it was so empowering. And that moment met it, it meant more than you know and um, I appreciate it so much.
1: Oh my gosh, Brandy, it's such a beautiful piece. it's it's hanging in the hall going into my bedroom and uh, it's it's a, it's just a beautiful it's just a beautiful piece of artwork and I don't have a lot of pictures of my head hanging in my home. Uh, I think I have one other one that was a little, that a little girl, you know, drew like 25 years ago from an album cover, which was super cute. I mean, how can you not keep that, right? Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, kid art is like, I'm obviously way too attached to kid art.
1: My, (laughs) all my art looks like kid art. So I think I could pass myself off as a seven-year-old. That's, but anyway, thank you for doing that. And yeah, we have to support each other. It's, it's, uh, especially when you're in a position to, you know, to shine a light on somebody's work but i don't the funny thing is brandy is that i don't always read twitter um if i open it up or look at my phone and if come here sweetheart i'm babysitting my friend's little tiny dog come here Mm. oh so sweet hi he's just worried (laughs) about me walking out the door every second of the day but um, so if I open my phone and whatever's in front of me, like I'm not scrolling through anything or reading a lot of comments, your thing, your tweet, and I believe there was uh, a link to the picture of the artwork as well, if I recall. Yeah, I don't know how the fuck it works. <laughs> well, I, I hit it and there was a link. I couldn't I couldn't tell you how big it was if you had done something, a postage stamp site or if it was eight by ten feet uh but I'm just like cool and I know that I wrote you back and then we took a moment in Lloyd Minster to connect backstage and get the piece and it's almost like doing a drug deal I think it was just like uh, you know here's the money and but I I just I I will have it with me till the day I die it was it's absolutely beautiful you're so talented and it's so uniquely you and good for you for saying I got this job how can I bring my strengths into this marketing thing. Oh, I know. And I think people are reticent to do that. They're reticent to, they they get the assignment, but then they don't want to, oh, I don't want to step outside the line because I don't want anyone to, you know, I I don't want to cause any problems. And I, everyone that works for me, I love it because they are always stepping. Oh, I did this. I, I was going to ask you, but I figured that you'd, Anyone that works with me knows me well enough to know that I'm gonna love someone who takes initiative and does things. And I don't micromanage people either. so that's that's a thing too.
0: Well, the thing is, no one's going to do things for you. You have to ask for what you want. Like there's no opportunity that comes your way if you're not asking for it, if you're not writing it down, if you're not actually saying it out loud. It, it's no one can
1: read your mind, right? People are so afraid of failure that it keeps them from from progressing in their lives in all aspects, emotionally, professionally, in a business sense, in a personal life journey sense. Um, failure is part, a huge part of the equation to succeeding in, in your life, even in relationships. Um, and I have failed at pretty much every relationship I've ever had, but that's never gonna keep me from Pursuing another one or getting involved again because I just learned every time out. And in Mm -hmm. my professional life, my God, I have failed epically so many times. And it doesn't bother me. I'm just like, oh, well, whatever. It doesn't mean anything. It means you're trying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My
0: mom always said, actually, right before she wouldn't like three months leading up to her death, she just, anything anyone said or did, she just, she'd just say you are in charge of your own destiny (laughs) that's she just like wouldn't elaborate she wouldn't she just kept saying it over and over and over again and i have to appreciate that uh sort of thing that you know sticks in your head that's something
1: really good that can stick in your head right um and person is in the last on the last walk up the hill in their lives their words just loom large, every word, and mm. you, you're like, I don't, I don't really know what that means, but I'm gonna stick, I'm gonna hold on to that forever. I'm sorry that your mom died so young, and that you know it was, it's so terrifying to begin with, but it's what we do, and it's how what happens to human beings, and we have no language for grief in our society, in our in our culture. It's the elephant in the room. People don't know how to talk to you. They don't know how to console you. They don't know how to hold you. They don't know that it's okay just to sit quietly in a room and listen. They don't have to bring Mm. up anything. But the avoidance, uh, I hope you didn't experience that too much. I hope people were able to have conversations with you and speak about your mom and talk about memories. And I hope they can still bring up memories about your mom to this day and say, oh, I remember when she did that. And she was so this. And that's that's what's so important.
0: I, I agree. And it was a beautiful thing. And I think I I wrote about it a lot. I talked about it. I made art about it. And there is power in that we have this ability to, to express ourselves as multifaceted creatives. Um, and I think it's a gift that others, you know, sadly don't, they have it too. They just don't, Go exploring for it because we haven't been given the tools, um, sadly.
1: Oh, absolutely! I think artists have a little bit of a head start. It's like we have a different gun going off for us than people on the on the you know that start line. Because you have a creative outlet. I know my grief was much different than my brothers, who you know aren't particularly creative people they are in their own ways they are both smart and they both have to do their own things, but writing music, writing music, about my mom's Alzheimer's or, you know, writing about my dad, about not knowing him. I just felt like it was such a big move forward for me to be able to be in the same room as my grief, to, to sit at a table with my grief and have a cup of coffee with my grief and talk to my grief and invite my grief in for a meal why don't you come in and stay for a bit you don't have to run out come and sit down not afraid of you you don't need to be afraid of me you know that that cliche about it being an echo of love you know you you can't grieve if you haven't loved some someone Mm
0: -hmm. Or
1: you know you, you you can't grief doesn't exist that's i mean imagine what we'd feel like every day thousands of hundreds of thousands of people pass away that we know at a distance, but we're not affected by it so much. We feel empathy, well, most of us do, but we're not burdened with, uh, you could not live a physical, spiritual life as a person if we felt every increment of loss that other people go through. But uh, anyone that's lost their mom, I think were, we're in a club and, you know, and I'm 60. And I still feel like I was too young. You know, when mom died, I was 56, mm. just turning 56. And I thought, oh, my God, I thought I'd have her till I was 75. Like, I really thought my mom would be 96 years old. Yeah.
0: I mean, it. the best way I can describe it is losing your sense of home. They're your oh, home. That's perfect.
1: That's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's just the truth because no matter where our parents took us to or how many times people moved or home is the two of them standing in the driveway and in front of the door yeah for sure that's very well put it's yeah it's not easy being a person it's filled with so many disappointments we lose the people that we love you know our our family pets that are so dear to us you know our neighbors our relatives our grandparents but through that you know we become better artists and it becomes so much more imperative to me, the importance of creating art and connecting myself with other people and somehow letting them find their way because they can't draw a picture or write a song or do a dance or do a sculpture that artists that do do those things enable people to find their way out. And Mm. that's so important about your job is letting, giving people, a way to find their way out of it or that that's what I feel like and that's that picture totally sums up where I'm all of that or 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 actually you know enabling them giving them uh, a place to do art without any judgment like to mm. teach them here's a piece of paper here's some this just try it you'll love it doesn't matter what it looks like and i love creating that. a
0: safe space
1: yes facilitators creating a space to create and then having people find out when they leave the first time going that was so great i loved that i didn't think i'd like that i'm like yeah
0: i volunteered uh uh well i volunteer once in a while with youth um i also run youth programming we just started but my first ever time doing it i was really nervous and it was mostly young women and you know they all come in and we were doing portraiture which is hard (laughs) let's not be like drawing faces are hard let alone your own face so i had them drawing their own faces uh with this special technique i have and you know they all showed up and one in particular was like i can't do this i don't (laughs) i don't think and by the end she twirled with her picture up above her head, did a spin out the door. And she said, I'm going to sell this for a thousand dollars. It's like, all right, we <laughs> did it. <laughs> so, I mean, even the smallest of things, like, uh, uh, if we can give our time and our energy that, and I always say time is our most precious commodity and, and maybe we don't have money to give or, uh, but we have time, and we have we have we have gifts that we can give, and um, always. And when we talk about grief and losing people, and you talked about it in your recent book, you said power comes from the passage of time, wisdom comes from failure, and you're so right. If you didn't if you didn't fail, it just and and um. My son, he's six, and he constantly says like, I don't want to die. Are you going to die mama? Or, and I say, yeah, you buddy. Um, and I have the same answer every time. And like, if we didn't die, we couldn't live. So it's just,
1: it's, those are hard conversations to have with children because you don't want to see your child. I mean, I never had kids. I can't imagine the complexity of the little questions they ask, you know, and, and that goes to show you right there that, the big things are the small things and the small things are the big things it's it's contrary to our belief system you know it's the small things you know a life is is a series of seemingly insignificant events thousands of them and they all just it's like stringing popcorn for a garland around a tree a little event little tiny event questions from my son this and they 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 make this tapestry it's it's such an artistic thing but yeah i can't imagine somebody small you know six years old having to ponder mortality and i was very much your son because i was that person asking my mom you know what happens and and my mom was so cavalier Well, you have to die. I'm sorry. That's just the way it goes. And you don't have to worry about that right (laughs) now. Because if you don't and and you don't really die anyway, you just change. Mom would say, your soul is your pilot and your your body's your space, your spaceship. And and you can't take your bot your body can't breathe out there. So you have to leave it behind if you want to go on an adventure. And when you're six hearing stuff like that, you're like, wow. That's really, I can get my head around that. And I just, my mom said, why would I be afraid? You're not even going to know. You're not going to know. And so my mom left me with a lot of, and she did believe it. My dad was the antithesis. He was so afraid. He was afraid at 40, at 50, at 60, at 70. He was afraid. He was perpetually afraid. And it was sad to watch his fear overtake him. My mom was like, well, what's? The, why would you worry about that? And she was so earnest about it. So, I'm a little bit of both my parents, I guess, but mostly my mom. Thank heavens, because I—that's uh, how I want to be living my life. I don't—I don't, I don't want to be dogged by it, but I don't want to not think about it because that's the mistake. To think about dying is to think about living and you have to have those two things coexisting. So many parents, I think, keep those ideas. They don't let their kids go to funerals. Oh, you're you're too young for that. And I think it's a cultural flaw that we have here of our silence around death, even when it comes to animals. Oh, he went to live with someone on a farm. Like, fuck, he died. The dog died and we're gonna get together as a family. We're gonna dig a hole and we're gonna bury him. And what do you wanna put in there with him? A toy mm. is what do you keeping that kind of thing from children and people say, you're not a parent. You don't know. Well, I was a kid. So I do know people negate that all the time. I I've been dogged with that my whole life by women, especially that say you don't have an opinion because you're not a parent. And I'm thinking, why don't I get credit for growing up and being a child with vivid memories and parents that didn't really know what they were doing and how it worked out for me and how I straddled those things and overcame obstacles. I was a kid, so that's not fair. So next time people go to, sorry, I dropped my glasses, to to negate someone's opinion because they haven't been a parent, that's not fair.
0: No, everyone has a different story and everyone has something that they've gone through and, we have to have more empathy and compassion um, when it comes to that. And actually, so shortly, I did not think our podcast was gonna go so deep into Debbie today, but um, shortly after the loss, so I had my very, I have three boys and uh, shortly after the, yeah, it's, I I did not, I, I was like one of those, I'm going to be an independent woman with no children. And now I have three fucking boys. <laughs> and so life took a... You just never know. Really? I, I also go with the flow. So um, shortly after my first son... So my mom did pass away before the birth of my first son. And then shortly after the birth of my second son, we suddenly lost my father-in-law. So there were like hard, tight lessons, like all in the midst of becoming... two two, like extremely amazing people uh, were torn from our lives. And so my first son actually started uh, stuttering and he he was only like two and a half. And so he couldn't quite communicate. And so I got all these books because you're like, fuck, what's going on, right? About grief. And they specifically said, you can't skip it when Mufasa dies in the Lion King, he dies and and he's dead and he's gone like that. Those are conversations you need to have. So, uh, he, he knew his papa and, um, about six months when he was three and some he started to talk about it all of a sudden he started to talk about papa and how he missed him he didn't have the words he was two and a half but he could feel those feelings he could feel grief that he was a small child everyone feels grief and the only way you you need to talk through it you need to feel it you need to like i just found it so fascinating that as soon as he had the words he started saying what he was feeling you know
1: he's still living in a place at that age where a veil has been lifted and i think the space between your papa and your son was minute i think the bond of love the lineage, that legacy that your father in law was with him and he could see him. That's what I believe. Uh, maybe not in a sense where, you know, it's a body, it's not like he's floating around or scaring the kid, but a sense of well being and of pure love inside your son. And so by the time he was able to say, I, you know, as he gets older, perhaps that distance grows, you know. A little bit more with each passing moment, each day, each week, each month. And so for your son to say, I miss him, I think it's so legitimately real because he couldn't tell you when he was one because he was around him. He was there around him. And then as they get older, as we get older, we need that less and less. But it's so funny how our minds have been programmed to work because so much of what we have, it's learned, it's in us, but they're not these visceral memories from the time you know five and and lower fives it's it's quite lost to us lots of memories i have specific little things i certainly remember my grade one teacher and things like that but i'm not surprised by that brandy i'm not surprised by his his grief and his desire to want to speak about somebody that was with him in his bedroom and with him because neither of them had a language that's so interesting Your papa didn't speak to him. They didn't speak. They just, it was that language of love. I'm here with you. You just feel it. You feel it when someone adores you. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's so much more to us than meets the eye. I'm not a religious person. I'm not an Adam and Eve person. You know, I'm not that kind of a biblical thinker. Uh, I don't negate the importance of a piece of literature like that. I don't. I'd be foolish to negate the history of of a work like that um but as for me you know when i think about the dinosaurs and neanderthals and you know somebody made them too god i don't know what they were thinking but we evolved into what we are we evolved we weren't made these these beings that made computers and created all this technology this is a very specific time in 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 humanity it it blows my mind i can't think about it because even when i start thinking about how people make pyramids i'm like i can't i can't do it somebody must have been helping them someone told them what to do
0: (laughs) yeah i'm listening to melinda gates right now her book have you listened or read it read it it's on my list it's 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 great it's it's I mean, and and it was written, what, like a few years ago. So um, she predicted some things coming the way for women, which is unfortunate. Um, and then she, I'm at the part where she's talking about AI and how it's going to change the world. I was like, she must know something that we don't. Because <laughs> she must know, like, they, they must have, like, a real person robot or something already built. To ready her. to go she's like when ai hits the world and i'm just like she they've got something <laughs> but uh that's not what her book's about
1: well i'm sure they've been working on it since the inception of the personal computer i think ai has always been part of the human story you know when you look back to isaac esimov some of these science fiction writers um you know that that looked at a future, even in the 40s and the 50s, of robots, of people doing things, of household chores, cartoons like the Jetsons, talking on your watches, you know, beep, hitting a button and seeing your mom's face. Time to come home for dinner, Janet. And, you know, here we are, not that many decades later, really living all these things. So, you know, all the imaginations that went into creating Star Trek and these other worlds and other lives. We are so insane to think that we are the only little Planet with living things on it, with trillions after trillions of galaxies, never mind planets and a, a universe that is ever expanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In what? It's too much for us to unpack, but yet it's super fun to ponder it because it makes me feel much better about my life and how much there is ahead, even after the demise of my physical body. I am, I'm not, I'm not in any hurry. Don't get me wrong. Anybody out there, I'm I'm very excited by what it is. And I do want to see my parents again and there's friends I want to see and dogs I want to see. And I feel like that's absolutely a possibility.
0: Yeah. I mean, how can we think that we know, everything. Uh, that's actually how I ended. So I'm just giving away my whole book, but that's how I ended my book. Like the fact that, uh, I, I threw in some science facts that my, I got from my children's books, but the fact that I was like, stars light takes a hundred years to get here before we see it. Those I like love fun. I, facts. Love,
1: I love stuff like that too. <laughs> And
0: so I'm like what did it take for you and I to even be here for our grandparents to meet and for our parents to meet and and like we have this life and and why are we living it like fighting one another and and it's just so special that each and every one of us and that you are here right now in this moment.
1: Yeah. Or that we even met or that I opened a phone and saw your tweet. Like is coincidence a part of the equation, or is everything extremely deliberate? I do believe in free will. I believe in you can go right or you can go left. And perhaps there's a story built for any decision that you make. I don't know. But the the, the fact that we do fail and that we do die and that there's lots of obstacles and disappointments and that we suffer physical Ill, illnesses, incurable things, horrible things that happen to bodies that we haven't quite figured out how to fix yet. Um, That reminds me that you're here to learn and don't despair. Hard things are there for a reason. And I don't believe in a reason for everything. I'm not one of those people. There's a reason for everything. I'm like, is there... I don't know, some days I believe it, but I I do believe that all those hard things are just part of being a person. And that this is such a temporary stop on our journey. This is such a temporary stop. I'm sure when babies come out, they're like, what the motherfucking, what just (laughs) happened? What?
0: (laughs) They can't even really see. All they can see is the dark nipples. And that's for a reason, right? That's for a reason. They just need the one thing. (laughs) And it's right there. That's all that they like. It's like super blurry that because our brains can't take on that much information. Oh I want to talk about um the the your like so you're a you're a songwriter and a performer, but you're so much more. And I feel like at I don't know if it it, it feels like this it was like this for me as an artist like i was only allowed to be a painter like you can't be an author and you can't be uh right uh like like you can't be a business owner it's just like kind of the pressure of the art world like you have to be shown by a gallery and if if that's not like you can't like i and then you know, I start getting in these groups of women and we support one another and, and they are doing all these things. They run their own magazines. They run their own podcasts. Like you are a multifaceted creative. Like
1: you do more than one thing. Right. I think creators create, and I'm, I'm not worried about being good at anything like doing the television show. I started that in my fifties, started developing that in my fifties and it was so much fun to do. You know, uh, scripted comedy—it was a riot. And I'm working on a uh, on a one-hour crime procedural now with the, my co-creator of the Jan Show. But you know, writing is—it's such an offshoot to writing music. There's no reason in the world you can't do everything. And creators create. There's there's no reason in the world. I don't know if it's an old way of thinking that you dedicate 40 years of your life to a specific thing, working at you know for for the transit company or working on the railroad or working in the coal mine, you know, that time of industrial revolution where you felt like you were very fortunate to have a job at all. You're working a, in a, in a, you know, on a assembly line, building cars, you put your time in, you get your pit at the end of it. And maybe you get to put your feet up for five years before you kick your clogs. And that has changed. And it's changed unmeasurably for women, especially. I think men were always allowed to, have a lot of businesses and buy and sell businesses and be members of the best and and be and do this and have the yacht and going yachting and sport fishing. And that was their (laughs) way of doing a lot of different things. And obviously a massive generalization. So many men work themselves to death on this planet and continue to do that day after day after day. There's so many indentured people that, you know, don't even get paid after two years, they keep them there and all you'll get paid. they, that's the only way they can keep them on these ships. And anyway, there's a lot of that crap going on, but women, you know, it's only been in the last probably 40 years when we've been kind of able to break out of having children and a family and being homemakers that, you know, making money, doing anything outside the home was you weren't a good mother or a good wife. Um, I think some of that stuff still looms large. It does. The, uh, the percentage of CEOs, uh, you know, women that run large corporations, I think it's something like 3%. I'm not kidding you. It's a really discouraging um, statistic. But people like you are breaking that all the time because you're just trying things and doing things. And there's, there's, there's nothing that can stop the human spirit. The only thing stopping any of us is our own doubts. Wait till you get older. You you start living completely with the absence of doubt. And I think that's why I do so many things. I don't care what other people think. I don't care if they don't like it. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to buy into it. You don't have to support me. But if you're not beside me, get out of my way.
0: Mm. Yeah. I love how you empowered the word crone in your... In your last book,
1: I had so many Crohn's around me growing up,
0: um, and uh, it is it it's. I I actually I hope people read that because there's so many gifts of knowledge and and life experiences that you put in into words. And it's not a it's not a super long book or anything. It's a quick For listen, a thousand words. Yeah, yeah. It was, but you just put all your little gems into one, one book. And I feel like, uh, they were gifts because, and, and, and not even just like, listen to Jan's book, talk to the women who, who are a little bit older than you or have a little more experience or ask your grandma questions or talk to your aunt or talk to your sisters and, and gather information and continue to learn because when we, we stop learning it's that's when there's trouble or or think that we're not always learning and and there is so much power and wisdom to listening and learning to someone who has experienced other things and different things and 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 you can learn faster we all know that with like the coaching world and what is going on and like something that takes you years to learn um that is, they let you learn, they teach you in like three hours.
1: I know. Just this wealth of experience. Here, I'll show you how to do that. You have to be willing to give that. A lot of people do not like to share information. Um, They hoard information like it's, like it's the secret to immortality. I just spent last weekend in Palm Springs with my friend, Marianne, who just turned 91. She's, I admire her so much and she's definitely a mentor to me, but she's also my contemporary. She's as clear as a day as long. She wanted to go gambling. She wanted to, you know, um, have lunch and dinner and, and just spend some time together and walk down the craft fair, down the main drag in Palm Springs. And, um, it's, it's pretty remarkable the life that she lived and what happiness really means and about service to others and about just believing in something bigger than yourself. And, and you know, the, the importance of family, whether family is biological or whether family is this patchwork quilt that you've put together over the years of a ragtag, a ragtag band of, of, of merry men and women, you know, it, family's different than it was. Um, But she is so fucking funny. Her daughter's 71. And, you know, I don't know. I just, You're so right, Brandy. Ask people that are older, pick their brains, ask about how things were. It's so important um, because it will affect how you make your way through the rest of your life. And the crone is indeed that person that lives in all of us. And I don't believe you have to wait to be 85. Um, I was a crone at 10.
0: I feel like I've been a crone for a long
1: time. No, I just... I lived in the country (laughs) and you, you suddenly realize I can go in the world and I can make my way. I just need to bring this big stick and take no prisoners. And, and, you know, but I like the idea that a crone is not about a fairy princess. A crone isn't about having a sparkly dress and a wand that makes hard things go away. A crone is warts and, and, and weathered hair and wrinkled hands and, age spots and a slumped over back and a hood and, you know, crows perched on your shoulder. None of what, you know, conjures up evil or bad things to me. It conjures up a sense of, I know who I am. I don't need to present anything to you. That's contrary to who I am. I don't need to fix my nose or put on concealer or color my hair or straighten my back up a little. This is who I am. And that's what I liked about that. I learned great lessons from my great aunts who were just like, be yourself. And I've made a career on a singing a song that the chorus is be yourself, but actually really believing it and understanding how you monetize being yourself and how I have understood that making money on being myself is a very noble, regal thing to make my life to be able to buy my home and support my life without a partner by being myself, and I don't know why people are afraid to monetize who they are. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with being paid from just your intellectual value.
0: Thank you. Yes, I I have. I'm working on money. My, I feel like I have to work on that all the time. It's it's something. It's a process. that is constant. Yeah, and um, I actually said to my dad. So I'm I'm, I'm raising money for like youth programming. And I'm raising money for our big um, mural for our choose love and join hands uh, in truth and reconciliation. And I said I told my dad to ask this person whom I know was going to say no, because. They have so much money, but there was no fucking way they were going to give to these causes. But I just, I, you know, sometimes I just, I'm kind of like my mom that way. I'm like, just do it. I want to see what happens. And of course, my dad did because he's just, he is who he is too, and he's so kind. And it's like, sure, I'll, I'll go ask. And he's, of course, he comes back and he's like, they said they got all their money tied up in the whatever. And like, and I said. That's what I thought. And I, I said, Dad, I don't know if this will work. And I guess we'll see. But what if I if I build my business and build who I am and provide for my family, and but in a way of giving? So what if I do these things and I always have something where I can give back in them? I'm like, I don't know if it'll work, but I'm going to give it a solid fucking shot.
1: It will work. I do it every day um, because I've been able to build my brand. That's what the kids are calling it these days because I've been able to monetize who I am and what I do in in various myriad ways. Because let's face it, I'm not going to be able to tour forever. My work is going to have to be a little bit more sedentary and contemplative, I think, as I age because I'll never stop working. But I can still write books at 75. I can still, you know, you can always paint. doesn't matter if you're 92. My God, Grandma Moses didn't start painting till she was 80. So there you (laughs) go. But I do these things called cameos and they're they're video messages. I've done almost 4,000 of them. And I donate every single dime to animal welfare all over the world. I'm not even going to say how much I've donated because that's not important. But I'm mind boggled at how many people I've been able to assist in a small way and it has made such a difference in my life. And I've had those exact people, Brandy, that you're dealing with, with the gentleman that said his money was tied up in investments. I've had so many people that I admire so much that I've worked with for a long time, admonish me for not keeping the money. Why would you, why would you, why would you do that? you know especially during covid when all of us had stopped working and i was like you cannot teach people that and i can't be angry with them it's just a way of thinking it's an old school way of thinking like i said it's just dragged forward from kind of the industrial revolution when you got jobs and you looked after your own and but i don't it has been more of a light in my heart and in my life and has made me feel like now I know I can do more. It's one of the best things I ever took on in my life. I, and I didn't start out that way. I thought, oh, cool, I'll do this. And I thought, I'm just gonna donate it all. I'll see if I even get one person that hires me. And then it was just, it went nuts. And they're just fun birthday messages. They're all so goofy. But to be able to help you know people, help humans, obviously I'm not giving you know—three $300 to a dog. Here you go. (laughs) I'm giving the money to their human. Mm -hmm. Help them. So Brandy, you can do it. It works in tandem. And the more I do, like probably 40% of the stuff I do are charity jobs. I'm being paid for the jobs, but everything it's a it's a fee that's manageable for everybody. Forty percent of what I do is is charitable jobs works out yeah it has to Mm -hmm. well it has
0: it's it's worked it's worked for you it's working and
1: don't ever doubt that for one second because you can provide for your family and you can provide for your soul and yourself as an artist and what you what would like to accomplish in your mural and and you know that's this is the beginning it's going to be this mural and then it's going to be that thing and then it's going to be that that it's going to be one thing after the other. Because once you open that door and want to show people, then people do want to be part of it. But it's always mm-hmm. a, it's always the 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 la, you know, those slaggers. And that guy probably will come on board three years from now. Well, you know, uh, probably can throw a point. Uh, I don't know about
0: that. loss. his loss. His loss. No, I'm not set on it. I knew it was a lost cause uh from the beginning and i have found so much love and support and um and it was you know what made it move forward and what it made it more powerful is when um i started working with other women and uh, we all we all took these things on together uh couldn't have done it without those those amazing people. We have we have to lift one another up yep. to move forward. We we like I I say like no one's going to do this for you, but that doesn't mean you have to
1: do it alone. No, every chair needs four legs, at yeah. least three. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's community a community of like minded people of artists. Uh, I think women especially, for for millennia for thousands of years have gathered themselves together to fight so much injustice i mean things were you know can you imagine five thousand years ago in the middle east uh, you know what what women endured you know even with their freaking periods they were sent to be in the a tent you know until the their filthy whatever was over and they were able to come back and be part of their community so i mean that's just learning how to be humans but the women that are like you said it very succinctly at the top of the show is the fact that we're here that we came through our grandmother's great-grandmother's great 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 i mean going back it would be so interesting to be able to glimpse who our ancestors were a thousand years ago and to look them in the face and go i am here because of you and what they would feel like like you're you've got that i never had children but your your boys and and their families—it's uh, mind-boggling to think of of legacy in those terms.
0: It every day, it boggles my mind. And three boys, I, three boys. I, shit hits the literal fan are you, daily.
1: Are you done now? Do you think you guys? Will have- yes. Oh my god. Oh geez, you answered that a little quickly. Oh my gosh. we are so was, tired.
0: Was we're so five. tired.
1: Mom would say, well, Janet Jackson just had a baby. I'm like, no, man, you're good. You can't have a baby at 50. Well, I bet you could, Dad, and I would look after it. And I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, thank
0: you, Jan. It was so nice to see you again. And
1: you, we'll, we'll cross paths again. And if there's anything I can do to help with the mural or tweet things, or I appreciate you more than you know. And what you're doing is is so wonderful and and uh your community is very lucky to have you and don't take shit from anybody it's good things come out of bad things i love it when people tell me no
0: oh and uh yeah thank you so much for being here you are like i just look up to you so much in so many ways so this means the world and um yeah we will chat soon have, have know, a great
1: find me five 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 one 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 five seven one that's my phone number i just gave it to the whole internet
0: thank you so much my friends for being here um couldn't do it without you uh feel free to share your thoughts share your processes share what you're working on in our color me happy community it is free and we love having you there and we love to see what you are up to and how you're making this world a better place through your creative gift so again that's color me happy community um and it's it's on facebook and you can join our weekly and okay sure go to the toilet Yeah. Uh, So where was I? You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter um, at brandyhofer.ca and get our weekly inspiration, um, which I just discussed with. We're actually launching a new website in the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm working with the most amazing women on this. And um, we were discussing like statistics. And I was like, what is the statistic for open like emails and and sees like, do you want to know the industry standards for like how, what, how many, like the percentage of people that open up emails? I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, uh cause I know my own and I know like who opens it and, and who reads it. And cause I put so much work <laughs> into them every week. There's like a really beautiful theme and lots of thought to make your life, better and um, through the things that I've learned and the people I've talked to and so she's like it's five percent and I was like oh my gosh I got an A like plus plus (laughs) in emails I'm like mine's like almost 50 percent she's like and we just were laughing Um, so I know that um, these are special And that my audience is really special. I know that. You guys are so special. Um, Even we had our mural bundle come out, like our free mural bundle, like I talked about at the beginning of the episode. And we had it set up wrong in the first, like, 12 hours. And it was giving everyone the free motherhood uh, download, uh, Boat Balancing Motherhood and Creative Career. And I got all these messages, I woke up and I was like, holy shit. But most of them were like, Brandy, we love that you're a mother and we love how creative you are. And I'm so sorry, but I think I got the wrong download. I want to learn about murals. And I'm like, only my audience would apologize to me for me sending them the wrong (laughs) download thing. And like, that's how great everyone in this community is. And I'm so grateful. So uh, make sure you check out that mural bundle. Subscribe for, to our newsletter, and um, also I'd like to thank our wonderful, our wonderful sponsors um, who are supportive of this podcast and we couldn't do it without them. Nouveau Laser and Aesthetic Center, uh, Oasis Hot Yoga and Spin Studio, and Red Bicycle Communications. Actually, I am headed right now in 25 minutes to Oasis. It's noodle night. Um, It's where you get to go do hot yoga and you go walk like half a block to the noodle house so you could get to do yoga and have noodles it's like win-win and when uh, the owner at Oasis was like yeah we're having noodle night and I was like what are they doing with pool noodles and yoga that was like what I visualized just like a big noodle fight I didn't know anyway I'm glad to find out that it's actual the food noodles and <laughs> and we get to do that okay have like the best weekend and we'll all chat soon bye if you're looking for some time for yourself to relax release and unwind oasis has the perfect space for you they offer yoga and spin classes of all levels whether you are a beginner or advanced student Oasis thrives on accommodating all aspects of the practice. Let their serene environment and gracious staff help you in your journey of peace, healing, and strength. Sign up online at www.oasishotyogastudio.com or by downloading the Oasis Hot Yoga Studio app. Feel
1: like yourself. You deserve it.